0: From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, guys, welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. This is episode number 29, and I'm your host, Parker McDonald. Today I'm talking with my good friend and no stranger to the Southern Ground hunting podcast, Mr. Greg Godfrey, and we are recapping the recent weekend we had at Saddlepalooza in the South Georgia swamps, chasing hogs and showing off our saddle gear. You guys stay tuned, enjoy the show. guys, welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As I said before, it is episode number 29, and uh, man, I am so freaking sick right now. Like, I can't even hardly function. I'm on all kinds of medication and drugs and Tylenol and Mucinex and all kinds of crap. I, uh, I don't know what happened, man. I just got sick on the way home from South Georgia earlier this week. And um, man, I am like, I feel like I could just fall over and die right now. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, We struggled through this podcast. And when I say we, I mean me. Um, I recorded it earlier today and I was just as sick as I am right now. And I was trying to be happy and trying to keep a smile on my face. So hopefully you guys cannot tell that I'm sick. However, I am pretty stopped up. So I sound a little bit different. Um, But we had an awesome weekend. Me and Tyler went down to South Georgia and hung out with a bunch of cool people for Saddlepalooza. Um, If you're not a saddle hunter, then there's a good chance you don't know what Saddlepalooza is. It's basically just a big, giant get-together of all the saddle hunters, uh, really everywhere. I think Greg said there was 18 states represented there, um, and you're going to get to hear about those in this episode, some of the cool stories and some of the people that, that came um, I was able to kill a hog. That was pretty cool. We got a video dropping tonight. So if you're listening to this, it's probably already out. It'll be on the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. So check that out. But before we get into this episode, I want to just give a brief shout out to our partners at Tethered, who you're going to hear about a lot in this episode, at Onyx, at New Breed, and at Go Wild. Now, a couple of things have changed with New Breed. So, You used to be able to go and buy a new breed bow and use the code that we gave you for free shipping. Now, the same code, which is all lowercase and all one word, Southern Ground. Use that code and you'll save 50 bucks off of your purchase. So that's pretty cool. And lastly, go wild. Um, This is pretty neat. This was my first hog to ever kill on public land. And so um, I've uploaded hogs onto the trophies and stuff before. But it actually gave me more points for this hog because I killed it on public land, which was pretty neat. So if you got some trophy pictures that you're really wanting to show off, go and check out Go Wild. Um, There's going to be a lot of people that will enjoy the stuff that you have. Go Wild is just an application on your smartphone, on your device, and you can just check out all the cool outdoor content that people are putting putting out all over the world, really. Um, There's all kinds of different species of game that is on there. You can check out recipes You can check out some cool videos some hunting pictures just a bunch of cool stuff So think of everything you like about Facebook and deer hunting and take out the crap that you don't like and that is go wild Um, So make sure you go and check that out. I think you will enjoy it. So Without further ado, let's get into this episode. I'm going to keep sipping on tea and taking drugs Not the bad kind of drugs, but the kind of drugs that will make me feel better than I feel right now. So you guys enjoy this episode with Greg Godfrey for the Saddlepalooza 2019 Recap. I'm on the line with Mr. Greg Godfrey. How's it going, Greg?
1: It's going fantastic. It's always a good day to talk to the folks from Southern Ground.
0: Well, today it's just folk. Folk from Southern Ground.
1: Singular. The (laughs) Singular.
0: The Folk of Southern Ground. So, uh I actually, this podcast is just going to be about Saddlepalooza and kind of recapping how it went. But, dude, I just want to say in front of everybody how freaking awesome of a job you did of getting that th- thing organized. Um Man, putting me on a pig. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> uh Man, it was just – it was a really good time.
1: Good. Well, that's the point. I mean – I, uh, I kind of make the same jokes every year. So this is the third (laughs) year. I'm like one of those comedians that never changes material. If You find (laughs) something that works. So, but this is the third year that we did it. And you know, I always make the joke that I'm, I'm I'm a camp host, but I never said I was a good camp host, but it sounds like everybody had a good time. So maybe, um, a, a better camp host than I thought I was, but yeah, I mean, when you have the kind of food that we have, it's pretty easy for the rest of the event to go well cuz when you're fat and happy i mean everything else just seems like you know ex- extra work
0: dude that was insane food like i texted my wife at some point and i was like we're eating like kings here like we're i, I haven't had a shower in 4 days but i'm eating <laughs> like a dang king
1: Exactly. Exactly. So if you you take care of a man's belly, then nothing else matters.
0: No, nothing else. And now I do want to go ahead and say that there were showers there. um, But I just it was it was crazy because I felt like I was going to miss something. If I left to go take a shower, I felt like I was going to miss something in camp. And I just wanted to stay there the whole time and talk to people and hang out. And by the end of it, I was like, crap, I haven't even taken a shower. This weekend.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's okay. You're allowed to be a filth monster. What happens at Saddlepalooza stays at Saddlepalooza.
0: Exactly. Other than what's gonna be said to the world here. So
1: (laughs) Yeah, true. Well we won't we won't pass on any of the secrets that you you know, like the secret handshakes and all that stuff that you learn only at Saddlepalooza.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, so Greg, how how long ago did you start like planning Saddlepalooza and getting all that stuff organized?
1: Well it started three years ago. This was the third event. The first year, we hosted it, um, or I hosted it. It was there was about ten dudes, including me and my brother, that came up from Florida. Um, there was about ten of us, and we got together at Fort Stewart, Georgia. They have about—I uh, I can't remember the numbers, but I'm gonna—I'm gonna say about three hundred thousand acres of public land that is literally infested with pigs. And so I put together this hunt and um you know it's not you don't have to pay to go to the hunt there's no hunting there's no guide fees or anything like that you have to pay but the money is just goes towards your campground fees and the food and a shirt and stuff like that um so it's, it's a it's a non-profit hunt and the point was just to really get saddle hunters together so they could you know meet each other and have a fun time but yeah we started it th- or this was the third year so started it two years ago and we had 10 people the first hunt. We had, like, 30 people the second hunt. And then this year we had somewhere between 60 and 70 hunters show up. Um, and I had a bl- I've had had a blast every year, but it seems like every single year it gets better and better because the more people that come, the more personalities you get, the more people you meet. I mean, I was doing the math today, and we had people from 18 states show wow. up. Uh, the furthest came from, from Minnesota, the Twin Cities. And that's a long drive. It's like twenty-two hour yeah. drive.
0: Holy cow! And that was that. Who was that? Was that Ernie?
1: Yeah, that was Ernie. They, came that far and then, and they did
0: drive. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, Ernie and Jared. Um, they came from from Minnesota, and Sean, who lives in Wisconsin, not that far from the guys in Minnesota. So they kind of carpooled down together. It was a three of them. They made the twenty-two hour drive for a long weekend hunt. Really, a four day hunt. They they left Wednesday night. And they showed up. Um, they showed up Thursday morning, and then hunted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they drove home Monday morning. So man, yeah, I mean, and a lot of guys did that. We had guys from New York. We had Sean who flew in. That's a cool story. I gotta, I gotta yeah, tell, I tell that, that story. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so my buddy Shaw or guy that I met there, Sean, he shows up from New York. He lives in New York City. He flies down to the event. It's such a cool story. So he's hunting in Connecticut on public land, and he runs into – he's got his lone wolf sticks. He's telling the story down at Palooza, and he, he's got his lone wolf on, uh, tree stand on his back, his sticks, uh, everything on his, on his pack. And he said he's just sweating up a storm. He gave up on the hunt because he was so frustrated. He was hot and sweaty. And he's walking out, and he bumps into a guy walking into the same piece of public – with a saddle on and it just so happens that that guy is scott hamilton who is red squirrel the owner he started the saddlehunter.com forum yeah and and so sean is is in connecticut and he's like hey man you know what are you doing he's saying this to scott he's like what are you doing you going into scout and scott goes no i'm going into hunt and sean's like well, where's your tree stand? And Scott says, well, I'm wearing it. And that's the first time he was ever introduced to a saddle. And so Scott <laughs> stops what he's doing, and he introduces Sean to saddle hunting. And this was just a few months ago. And Sean decides he's going to come down to Saddlepalooza and learn even more. But that's just where the story begins. So old boy flies to Savannah, Georgia. He The rental agency screws him. They, he had made a reservation <laughs> for, the, for a rental car. They don't have it. So he calls an Uber. The Uber takes him to Walmart because he flew down from New York with zero supplies, nothing. Just the <laughs> clothes on his back. He goes to Walmart. He buys a tent, an air mattress, a pump, a sleeping bag, everything that he needs to, to camp for the week. He buys it all at Walmart with an Uber driver. The Uber driver takes him to the campground. I help him set up his tent. He'd never set it up before. It was from Walmart and he he hunted all week uh, at Saddlepalooza. Then he returned all of that stuff to Walmart, (laughs) and they took it back, and he flew back to New York. So, Sean is my new hero for
0: Ultralight. Also, what Sean did is he captured probably the best pig kill of the weekend on camera. He went out with with Grant and Jared, uh, the Hunt Appalachia guys, and filmed for them, and got like the best footage I've I mean, it was, I don't know how you get much better than that on a hog hunt. It's like a headshot right close up to it. You can see it. It's perfect. So, uh, he made quite the impression on people. I think he's a, he's a cool dude. I really, uh, I really like that guy.
1: Yeah. I'm a fan of Sean. It's just too bad that he had to hunt with those weirdos from West Virginia. Those yeah, hillbilly. Hun- what is it? appalachia on the hunt or trail something i can't even remember grant's and jared's channel it's so bad but no i'm kidding it's uh, the hunt appalachia channel they're they're good dudes they were there and uh i'm glad i'm glad he was filming for them because you're right man that's awesome footage i can't wait to to see it
0: yeah it's pretty cool speaking of footage dude so i just finished our uh saddle palooza edit for uh for the youtube channel um, already just now. Yeah. Like right before I got on the phone with you, I've been sick. Like as soon as I got home, I got super dang sick. Uh, somebody, somebody posted on my Instagram and said, I probably got the swine flu, um, <laughs> from, from all those pigs we were slaying. But, um, I've been home and I've just been like kind of working on church stuff and then doing, uh, editing back and forth. And so I ended up finish it just a little bit ago and man, it, every time i think about it i just like get more excited and more excited for next year i think it's going to be a really good time um but the, the crazy thing i was thinking about greg was that uh there were well there were technically f- four kit pigs that were killed um technically four uh, greg, uh what's his name teds doesn't exactly i don't know as i don't know if i count it um it's pretty cool. This guy, Ted, Ted Bright, if you're a saddle hunter, you've probably seen him on the, on the forum or on the Facebook page or something like that. But the first day he just like went out and caught a piglet. And then was it Sean that actually killed it? Ended up killing the the pig? I think it was a
1: group effort. I think yeah. Sean had a part to do with it and and then he I think he sustained an injury in yeah. the in the tussle <laughs> with the little piglet and then I think Ted ended up putting it out of of its misery but yeah, yeah. that was the first pig killed and that was on day 1. That was Thursday of, yeah. right when we first got there.
0: Yeah, and so uh, that was the only one that wasn't on film we got ours on film the next day then the day after that Grant shot his and that was the one we were just talking about and then catman shot his the last day and I think all three of those pigs were like the three people there that were actually filming which is a uh, which is a pretty cool deal um I think I think that we probably have the worst footage of everybody <laughs> if i had to guess catman said his was sleeping when he shot it so <laughs> he could pretty much well, do whatever he wanted
1: it kind of looked like jared the one not jared but the one that grant shot was maybe sleeping it's hard to tell in the footage but the pig is is looking at the camera when he gets shot so right. you can't can't really tell if he's sleeping or if he's looking at the hunters but he might have been sleeping
0: yeah that's uh so i mean if you really want to just go ahead and say it like ours was the only like for real for real kill i mean we stocked up on not really um (laughs) they definitely just crossed the road and we got out and started (laughs) walking towards them um but it was a dang good time i mean the hunting is kind of second to the fellowship that you get with all the cool guys around the campfire and at dinner um but man like I was super bummed the week before because it said it was supposed to rain all weekend. Like it's it was supposed to be just crappy weather and it actually turned out to be pretty nice. Like it was yeah. pretty, it was pretty perfect.
1: It really wasn't that bad. I mean, I would have liked it to be a little cooler. I think we would have gotten more pig movement if it was a little cooler the first day. So it would have been Friday morning. It was in the mid 40s. Um, or high forties, it was like 48, 49 that morning. And I think if we had had that weather kind of continue, I think we would have seen more pig movement, but the rest of the week it went up to, it was like seventies during the day, seven mid seventies, maybe, yeah. maybe low seventies. So it wasn't hot per se, but it definitely wasn't great, cool weather that you think of, of as being good hunting weather. But yeah, I mean, we didn't get rained on a whole lot, so that's always a plus.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, A little bit of rain, uh, mostly, most of the rain that I, that I remember was like at nighttime. So we weren't even really out. Everybody was in their tents. Uh, Tyler, his tent has a leaking problem. And so I would wake up occasionally in the night. Actually, I think that's why I got sick. I would wake up occasionally in the night and off the zipper, there was a zipper hanging off the tent and that water would just like drip right on my face all night long and of course i'd go to sleep and try to get get away from it i'd roll around and end up right back where i started and get water i'd just be dripping and my stuff was soaked but uh man like i would i would take that kind of stuff like those kind of little situations over like just to go out and enjoy it like that like that kind of stuff is just so small. I'll, I'll be sick and be happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, because I got to spend the weekend doing some really fun crap.
1: Well, you should have come, uh, come into our tent, man. We had plenty of room in there. <laughs> Y'all weren't in <into> a tent,
0: Greg. <laughs> that, that was not a tent. That was a bunker. That was like a, yeah. that was a, a, a cabin. I don't know what
1: you call that thing, but it was ginormous. It was easily, well, I can't say it was the biggest tent because I'm in the military and we have some ridiculous tents, but that was the biggest civilian hunting tent I've ever seen in my life. Ernie, Ernie Power, who, uh, who bought the tent and drove it all the way down from Minnesota and set it up with him and Sean and a few other guys, uh, Jared helped them set it up and, um. So I think three or four guys it took to set that thing up. But it was a monstrosity
0: of a 10. That was, yeah. I mean, so we got there. Me and Tyler left on Thursday, which was Valentine's Day. I just want to throw Mm. out on the suggestion board um, for next year that maybe we don't start it on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Um, But... Uh. That was, uh, you know, I don't know what your relationship was like with your wife, Greg, but um, I like to keep mine pretty good, and I yeah. think there was a lot of pissed off wives of saddle hunters, if I had to imagine.
1: Well, it's definitely not ideal, but let me <laughs> let me explain myself real quick. So the reason we did it then is, uh, in the in the army, anytime there is a a, a federal holiday, then the army does a four day weekend, which is. Pretty darn cool. So Monday, which was, I don't know, like the 18th or something like eight. I think it was the 18th of February. So that is President's Day. So the army had that Monday off. All federal employees had that Monday off. But the army then goes ahead and tax on the previous Friday. But and the reason why that's important is since we're hunting the federal installation. And there's no training going on theoretically because the army has this four day weekend they open up all that training area to hunting now it didn't really work out in our favor that much as there wasn't a ton of land open um i guess there was still a lot of units that were out training but that's why it's planned that weekend is because it's a four-day weekend for the army and it gives hunters you know maximum ability to hunt the most amount of land and It just so happened to fall on on Valentine's Day this year, which (laughs) agreed wasn't wasn't a fantastic (laughs) choice. But, hey, I mean, I'll do even one better. So I was in a field training exercise the whole week prior to Saddlepalooza. So I spent three or four nights in the in the woods sleeping in an army tent. I went home on Wednesday night for a few hours, caught a few hours of sleep on Wednesday night. They went to work on Thursday morning, which is Valentine's Day, and I didn't come home until Monday. So I'm definitely in the doghouse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you come home and you have to record a podcast with Southern Ground. So yeah. you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no. So, so Greg, like, um, I heard some, some rumblings, not, rumb, I, I wouldn't say, so I, I heard some talk about, A possible like second saddlepalooza, like maybe a northern saddlepalooza or Midwestern thing that might be in the works. Is that something that that you guys are thinking about doing
1: for sure? Um, I don't know that that it will absolutely happen next year, but I should have a little bit more free time next year to plan these events, and they are so much freaking fun for me. Like, I love it so. I'm thinking I'm gonna add another one, maybe maybe to coincide with Turkey season, like maybe next May, some somewhere in the Midwest, um, or a little, little bit further north. So we'll we'll do Saddle Palooza in in Georgia again, for sure. And it'll probably be about that same time frame that President's Day weekend just because, like I said before, it works good for hunting land. Um, but then I'm thinking maybe in early May, we roll somewhere, maybe I don't know, Kentucky, West Virginia, somewhere more centrally located where people don't have to drive quite as far, and we can do the same type of event, you know, over a long weekend and and centered around turkey hunting. But again, like you said a minute ago, Parker, I mean, the the hunting really is secondary. It's cool to go out and go hunting, and it'd be great to go out and get a turkey. But if you're going just for the hunt, you're you're really missing out on. What I consider to be the more fun part, which is hanging out with everyone and sitting around the campfire at night and staying up late and telling a bunch of lies about the big deer you killed this past season. That's the fun part.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We were going to actually go the last, I guess it would have been the last evening. So Sunday evening we were planning on going out, you know, I killed that hog, the hog that I killed, I killed like within 10 minutes of being there. And it was like really fast, really early in the trip. So like, well, that's me, just
1: because you're a superior hunter, you know, exactly. you didn't need much
0: time. Exactly. You know, um, there was, there was an elite, elite few of us that we, that, that actually went out and actually cared about killing pigs. Um, and and I say all this knowing that if I hadn't have killed a pig early, I would have the the hunting would not have been secondary. I would have missed all of that crap that we were talking about because I love being out in the woods and I would have been out there trying to get it done. Um, But we were actually planning on going uh, that that evening, on Sunday evening. But, man, we got set around the table and people were starting to go, you guys, you finally got a chance to go that evening. And um, you asked me if you could use the new canoe. And I said, no, because we were going to go. Then we just like, you know what, let's just hang out because it's just so much more fun hanging out around around the tables and stuff. And uh, we actually got to talking with uh, with Grant and Jared and uh, John Reed, the guy who who made the the JX three. We got to hanging around around there and talking to those guys. And man, it was just probably right up there with the highlights of my trip. You know, just learning more about people that you've talked to on the Internet for so long. And, uh, and that, that was just a good time. But speaking of that, so, so you're a saddle, uh, designer, uh, you, you, you work in the saddle industry, in the hunting industry with, the uh, with tethered. Um, this was my first time to get to see the JX three in person. So as a critical thinker, okay. Which is what you are. What do you think about that JX three?
1: the jx3 is super cool i mean it's the jx3 hybrid for so i'll give you a little bit of history if you'll if you'll let me if you'll indulge me in a quick little saddle hunting story so there for many years there was a fella named butch um and he had a product called the guido's web and it was a super comfortable uh a little bit more i don't want to say the word bulky because it it that's what it was designed to be. It wasn't designed to be an ultra light, ultra minimalist, you know, super sleek hunting, elevated hunting tool like some of the other ones that are available. It was designed to maximize comfort, um, be super user friendly and just give you the most comfortable way to hunt from an elevated position. So that was the Guido's Web. And then last year he ended up selling that company, Butch Retired, and he, he sold he sold his uh he sold his business to a guy by the name of john reed in south carolina and john reed took it he took the web and he he totally rethought everything about it and in my opinion made it a lot a lot more he put a lot more features into it he thought of everything and it is a really cool piece of kit you know if 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 you're looking for an ultra light, ultra sleek, ultra minimalist way to hunt, well, then that's not probably for you. But if you're one of these guys that, you know, maybe you're not hunting very far from the road, or maybe you are just really concerned with being able to sit all day long and from daylight to dark and not ever have the first comfort issue. Well, the, the web is definitely, or the, excuse me, the, the hybrid from JX three is Definitely a pretty cool product. And and that's not to say that it can't work for people that are walking a long way. I mean, the way he designed it with that Molly backpack frame, and it's still kind of I mean, it's not ultra light, but it only weighs eight pounds. So you're talking the same same type of weight as a ultra light hang on. I mean, that's less than what the uh a lone wolf stand goes for. So you can still be lighter with the JX3 hybrid. You're not gonna be as light as some of the really minimalist options. But then you also get extra features like added comfort and whatnot. So I'm a fan of the hybrid. Plus, you know, more than that, I'm just a fan of of John and I'm a fan of of saddle hunters getting more and more options. You know, for so many years there there was nothing. You had to DIY your own stuff. You had to find stuff on Craigslist and eBay and and then hack it together now with companies you know tethered and jx3 saddle hunters are finally getting a few options so i think it's awesome and i can't wait for john to start mass producing those things to get them in people's hands
0: heck yeah so i don't know i don't know if you saw this but tyler came home with one and uh, (laughs) (laughs) i saw
1: that i'm a little jealous
0: (laughs) yeah he uh uh Everybody's like, John left his John left his JX three here, and Tyler's like, Nope, much mine. I'm tucking I'm it." I'm pretty home.
1: impressed with Tyler. I don't know how he how he finagled that deal, but that was pretty slick.
0: Listen, yeah, I'll tell you exactly how he finagled it. We were sitting around. John John and Tyler have been bullcrapping all day, like you said, telling lies about big deer that they've seen and killed. And uh I think I think Tyler put a few beers in John and and tricked him into it <laughs> mm, now. Nah, the truth comes out, <laughs> not really. And John actually told me that he is a listener of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, which is pretty cool. And uh, so I'm sure he'll hear that. No, he uh, he Tyler Tyler's just Tyler is Tyler. I can't, I can't describe it. Um, you got to spend some time with him, he is. When you first meet Tyler, he is like the most country redneck person you've ever met in your life. And you're like, there's no way that this guy, this guy is a, he's just a country bumpkin. (laughs) And, and he's not like the dude is as legit as they get. Like he is for real. And, uh, and he got to, when he talks to people, he just makes a good impression. It's it's so funny to me. Every time I'd see that thing sitting there on the way home, I'd be like, I don't know how you got that thing. I don't know how he just left left you with that. He's like, listen, man, I'm just a, I'm I'm just good. He just knows <laughs> he knows something good when he sees it. Well, he's better than me and you, Parker, because neither <laughs> of us left with one. That's true. That's true, man. Um and, and, and you know that the thing about the it's it's exactly what you said. That JX-3 is so cool. And every time I think about it, I'm like, man, that's that's a pretty cool deal. Like, the attention to detail that John paid when designing that, like the whale tail coming out, like, from the center of the seat. So, if you haven't seen this and you're listening to this right now, um, if you haven't seen the JX-3, look it up. You'll know what I'm talking about. But there's a thing he calls the whale tail, and it's like a fork, almost, that sticks into the tree um, between your legs to keep you straight. So you don't have to wear knee pads or something like that. Um, that, and then like the color coordinated straps. So you don't get twisted. Um, that, that frame, the plastic frame I like just the bow holder. There's so much detail and I don't even think I saw all of it, but man, that thing is sweet. Um, it's so sweet that even Jared, <laughs> Jared said on saddle hunter, Jared Schaefer, he was like, I think I'll be having one of those. So. Yeah,
1: the cool part to me about it is it, it's kind of like what we did with Tethered a little bit because because John has been hunting out of one of those Guido's webs for years, like years and years and years and years and years, and years. so he knew that thing. Inside and out, kind of like the designers of of some of the tethered products. Like we had been hunting out of saddles for years and years and years and years and years, and and we knew exactly what we wanted. We knew exactly what would be the most efficient way for saddle hunters, you know, the the, the product for saddle hunters. And that's what's cool about the JX3 Hybrid is that – john after years of use he figured it out and then he took that and he made the perfect saddle for his style of hunting and that's something that we always talk about with saddle hunting like you you're not locked into one style of hunting or or one product you you can mix and match and you can figure out what works best for your your style so if you want the ultimate you know, like super light, super sleek, super fast, super minimalist. Well, okay, you can get that with like a tethered product. But if, if you're not interested in that, which is fine, but you still see all the benefits of saddle hunting, you know, like hide behind a tree, uh, you're tethered in the entire time, so you have a lineman belt built into your system. So as you climb, you're connected to the tree. So the, all those same benefits still come with the JX3 Hybrid. It's just a, it's just a different approach, you know, as opposed to right. being super light. It's more focused on comfort, which, which is great, and that's what I like about about John and what he did with the hybrid is that it he just put all of the expertise that he developed over years and years of use into it, and the the beneficiary of all that hard work our saddle hunters or, you know, our hunters in general, and they get to use that product. So I'm, I'm a big fan just like you. I think it's super cool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I was just like blown away. So the, obviously we talked about a lot about the JX3, but I was just blown away, man, at the, at the demo day that we did. So we had the second day, I think it was Saturday. We had a, uh, I think it was like four hours of a time slot, about four hours for guys to just set up, their systems, their, what, what they were using, different DIY things that they had done, and um, just kind of had a demo day. And, man, I was blown away at some of the stuff that I saw guys doing. Like, just the absolute, like, I- ingenuity of these guys. Like, this isn't just your regular group of deer hunters. These guys are geniuses. Like, a lot of them are on, like, the genius scale. Um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I like... Out of all the things like the one thing that I that I realized that I need to be doing is not using sticks. So mm. there was so many people that that had alternate climbing methods. And I'm going to have to I'm going to have to figure out which one I want to do. But sticks was the first thing for me that's like, yeah, I need to just cut that out of my whole system because there's a lot of different options. But dude, like one guy was ma- made a, a freaking camera base out of a wild edge step. Like, yeah, that was crazy. I and mean, it's a yeah. good idea.
1: It's a great idea. And yeah. and I'm with you, man. If if the food is the number one thing about Saddlepalooza, you know, well, that's probably not true. If the camaraderie and all the campfire talk is number one and the food's maybe number two, I think that the, the saddle demo is easily right there with the food. I mean, people people drove in from different states To spend four hours at some random campground in Georgia just so they could experience all these things. And it's because there's no other place on planet Earth where you have so many tinkerers and and DIYers coming together with all these ideas and sharing them openly and freely and helping other people. It's such a cool event. And that's my favorite thing to do is to walk around and see all these cool ideas like you talked about. There was a dude there. Uh, Nick, uh, he goes by Nutterbuster on the forum who had like a one pound climbing method with carbon fiber bolts and a drill. It was like, it's like 1.5 pounds yeah. and you can get to 24 feet and it'll fit in your pocket. I mean, that's insane. You don't see that anywhere else in the hunting community. And I, I think that's why saddle hunting, uh, once people discover it, they get sucked in because they realize that all these guys are just, they live, you know, eat and breathe it and it's really really cool
0: yeah that uh nutter buster system is it's legit like i was watching his video i didn't get to see him completely demo it but he has like these like a freaking magnet in his in his backpack strap that like holds the the pieces of the gear so he doesn't get in his way like it's insane the amount of And he's just one guy. Like, he's just one of the people that was there that was demo and stuff that was just like, like I said, on the genius scale. So, man, I can't... I I don't think that I can narrow it down to one thing for me that really stuck out. Like, every time I'd go to a different tree, there was something new. And uh, if I had to say one thing, like, my sticks was the first thing that's going to go. The second thing is that freaking camera base. Like yeah, that fourth arrow base, fourth arrow makes a killer product for what's out on the market. But man, if I'm really wanting to lighten up my whole system and that doesn't really have anything to do with saddle hunting. Um, but there was some, Jared had a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. I made out of like, was it like aluminum? Like an aluminum setup? That was pretty sweet. So yeah. I'm going to be looking at doing something like that. Um, I'm also going to be... Getting rid of my sticks, like I said, and I, th- dude, I think next year, next season, just from going and spending, like I wasn't even that into the demo de- demo day, like everybody else was. There was stuff I didn't even see, um, but man, it just affected probably my whole season as far as what I'm going to be taking in and out. Mm. Um, so so it was it was a lot of fun, but um, if you had to, Greg, pick one thing, so you're a guy who is in the saddle hunting community, as much as anybody, um, if you had to pick one thing that was at that demo day that really, really stuck out to you, what what would you pick?
1: Mm, man, that's tough. Um, well, I had kind of seen pretty much all, all of it. Um, um, like you said, I pretty much eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. So uh, I had pretty much seen all of it. But the thing that really stuck out to me was – Probably, the only thing I hadn't seen in, in person was that carbon fiber bolt system. I mean, that is pretty slick when you think about it. it that system got to, you can get to about 25 feet for just over a pound. So if you took that and you paired that with a Mantis saddle, which is a pound, Now you're at two pounds and now you get to throw in some ropes and some safety stuff to make sure, you know, you don't fall out of the tree. You got another couple of pounds there. You're talking well under five pounds. (laughs) And not to mention everything would fit in a tiny little fanny pack. Yeah. And you can hunt any tree in the woods at pretty much any height you can get to (laughs) i mean it doesn't matter if the tree has limbs it doesn't matter if it's wonky and bends it any tree any tree that is in the right place to kill a big giant buck you could do for less than five pounds and you think about that for a minute that's a big deal like that's a really big deal yeah so that's probably the thing that stuck out to me the most um and like I said, I've been putting this event on for three years, and that's one of the coolest things that I've seen. That's one of the most innovative things that I've seen. So guys have been climbing with a bolt system for years. That's That part is nothing new, but the, the addition of the carbon fiber rod replacing the grade eight bolt. I mean, I've got 60 or 70 stainless steel grade eight bolts in my garage right now. So the bolt climbing method has literally been around for decades. Um, but the way that 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 uh people have come up with using carbon fiber and like you said a magnet and really thinking about the way that they pack it in to reduce that down to just over a pound that's pretty slick so i would probably say that i mean there's some really cool diy stuff out there too so um it's i agree with you man it's hard to narrow it down to just one thing
0: so did he did did nick actually come up with that carbon bolt system no like was that it was
1: a there's a fellow by the name of VT Bow. Okay. Uh, that's, his, that's his forum name uh, on saddlehunter.com. He's the guy that kind of found those carbon fiber rods. Um, and then, uh, obviously, they have nothing at all to do with the hunting industry. It's just some company that sells this 3.8-inch this, uh, carbon fiber rod, and Saddle Hunters latched onto it. And we're like, hey, <laughs> I bet we can lighten up our load. Let's use everything. <laughs> it's uh, that- what we did you know and then so we figured out a way to get them cut to the right length but but yeah Nutterbuster kind of gets some of the credit because he's he is he made some videos on youtube and stuff showing it so if you want to if you want to see what we're talking about you can just search uh like Nutterbuster or carbon fiber bolts climbing on youtube and i'm sure you'll end up on his channel but you can see where he walks through it but yeah man um it, 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 like everything, it's always a it's always a group effort. I mean, none of these things are developed on an island. You think about the nader and the suader, which are some climbing methods that that guys are using now. None of that stuff was really designed by any one person. It's kind of like, you know, this this joker comes up with an idea for using it, and then somebody else grabs onto it and changes it a little bit, and it turns into a new thing, and then you know, after a month, there's four or five guys that have added in some new ideas and now it's a, you know, it, it took on a life of its own. So, um, it's hard to credit any one person with any design, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, fun time for sure to get out there and see all these guys putting this stuff together.
0: Yeah. And when you get them all together like that, like, so you're talking about a bunch of guys who are pretty weird people, Um, just in general, (laughs) just the saddle hunter group is, is a pretty weird crew. Um, and and mostly like, like, I think, I think you're kind of a, you're kind of a, a little bit different, but a lot of these guys you can tell are very introverted when they're not around their people. Um, and, and probably a lot of them are just in their group of friends. They're the weird guy that thinks about weird crap all the time. But when you get all of these minds around the same campfire, it's like absolute gold, right? Like there was so many laughs, so many jabs, dude. Like I can't, I like, I was jabbing at people. I didn't even know. Like I've never even talked to in real life before. Whoa. Well, sorry Greg, about that. Greg, you sound different. <laughs> yeah.
1: My insane dogs are barking at the door. I don't even know who's here.
0: So speaking of your dogs, Greg, um, I learned that you have a dog that you named after me. Is that true? Yeah.
1: He's, uh, he's pretty awesome, just like
0: you, Parker. <laughs> so we're sitting around the camp around uh, dinner. I can't remember what we had that night. It was all good, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I just start hearing people yelling, Parker! Come here. Come here, Parker. 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 And I see these dogs running around and I finally hear Jared's son yell at the dog saying Parker and I was like, "Why in the world would somebody name a dog Parker?" So, this is your opportunity, Greg, to explain why where did the name Parker come from for your dog?
1: Uh I can't totally remember. Why we named him Parker? I think it has something to do with we got him near a city in Colorado, Parker, Colorado. I've been there. I think we might have named him after Parker. So I wanted to name him Peyton after Peyton Manning because I'm a I'm a big Broncos fan and <laughs> and I'm I'm a big Peyton Manning fan. So that was that was a few years ago when he was playing for the for the Broncos, but I lost uh, to my wife and Parker won, So that's where the name came from. But, uh, yeah, I think so. We've, we've Parker's been around since 2012. We got him in Chris, Christmas of 2012. Um, and he's easily the greatest dog that's ever been born.
0: Well, you know, greatness comes with that name. So (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) All right, man. Well, we are getting up close to about 45 minutes. So, um, Close us out. Tell us what – if you can, okay, just tease us with some inside southern ground tethered information because everybody's dying mm. to know something new about tether.
1: Well, there will be some, some new things launched this year. Um, we're actually still figuring out exactly what that might be. Uh, we grew so fast that – um, we had a lot of plans to do a lot of things, but what we've kind of decided, um, really after Palooza, we took the time to kind of talk this through as a, as a company while we were all there. And we kind of decided we we're going to slow down a little bit and focus on getting our supply chain figured out and getting our logistics figured out so we can not run into big giant delays like we did last year. Um, we just... We just weren't ready last year we expected to sell a couple hundred of of these things in the year and we sold more than that you know the first month so um we're really gonna focus on making sure that doesn't happen again this year and that if somebody wants uh to transition to a saddle and it's october well they can hunt with the that you know that season so we're really gonna focus on that so um that's our main effort is just getting enough product on the shelves so we don't have so guys don't have to wait a long time. But there are some new things in the pipeline. We've got three or four different things that are gonna drop this year. Um gonna drop in June for sure. That's when we'll launch everything. And uh we're pretty excited about it. And also uh, I guess I'll use this as a shameless plug to promote the tent the 10. I don't know if you've seen that Parker, but we're doing this thing where um, we're honoring um kind of like the best 10 saddle bucks. And, and the best is kind of hard to find because it's too define because it's not really about antler size or, you know, Pope and Young score or anything like that. It's really, what we've done is we've had, have users submit their, their bucks that they were, they were killed out of a saddle. It doesn't even have to be a tethered product. It can be any saddle DIY, something you've had for 20 years. It doesn't matter. Just, it's just saddle hunters. And so we're gonna we're gonna name those soon we're gonna open that up for voting soon and then you know sat the saddle hunting community is gonna pick that those winners and we're gonna honor those the 10 you know, quote-unquote best saddle bucks of the year um so that's coming around soon you know, lots of cool stuff happening man you're gonna see some some um some joint projects with a lot of a lot of hunters that are doing some really cool things in the industry and some like the hunting public they're they're working with us and john Eberhart and taylor chamberlain the urban bow hunter and a lot of folks like that so we got a lot of cool stuff coming up i'm pretty excited for for what 2019 has in store
0: that's awesome man so i really do have to know you know i did submit a, a photo to the 10 and, uh, she and did. I want to know how many people have submitted, so I can kind of know how many people I have to, uh, how, how many people I have to kill, so that they are disqualified.
1: Oh, it's a bunch. At the latest count, I think it was somewhere close to fifty. Oh, I got. Um, I, I um,
0: can kill. But... I can kill. I can kill 40, 40 people before then. So we're <laughs> okay. good.
1: Yeah. So more, most likely, what we're gonna do is is we're gonna have our pro staff vote on the like the top probably either 20 or 25 and then um to kind of narrow it down and and like I said this is not about Pope and Young's score I mean sure if you've got some giant buck that is just beautiful well that's gonna play a big part you know that's pretty cool everybody likes to see big giant bucks but if you've got a really cool story kind of like your buck how you was public land on a kayak way back in in the thick stuff it it was a hard earned public land buck that matters so we're gonna have our pro staff vote on all that stuff and kind of select the top 20 or 25 and then hopefully either this week or next we're gonna publish all those on the tethered website and on social media and have have folks vote on them so just because you you know not not your buck in particular but just because a buck might score only a hundred inches like i said they're could be a really cool story behind it you know maybe it was a kid's first buck or you know maybe a veteran that was dealing with his demons and he found an escape in the whitetail woods and that helped him you know um attain some measure of health that's awesome and that's the kind of stuff that we're looking for so those are the types of things that we're going to put forward and and offer up as quote unquote the best saddle bucks of the year so it's perfect you know be looking out for that man and um hey it's not my call so it's going to be on the pro staff, Parker, if, uh, if your buck makes it or well, not. Listen, it's not not my call.
0: I've got a little bit of money, and I know a couple of those guys, so we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do.
1: That's a good plan. <laughs>
0: well, man, Greg, I appreciate you coming on. Again, I had an absolute blast at Saddlepalooza this year. It was my first one, and it was a blast. Uh, I know a bunch of guys would probably say the exact same thing, So thank you to you and the other guys who helped you put it on. We really enjoyed it. Um, And then again, thanks for coming on Southern ground. I think we're going on what, like three or four times now, right?
1: Yeah, man, it's exciting. And if I can add one more thing about the saddle Palooza thing, I think it's, I think it's important to, to, to say that this is not a tethered thing. This is not about any brand. This is not about, it's not about selling products. It's not about, you know, advertising for any hunting organization. It's, the purpose of Saddlepalooza is to invite folks there that are either in the community or they want to learn more about it. So it's not somebody making a bunch of money off this thing. That's not what it's about at all. And if I have any say, it will never be about that. Um, it won't be about pushing forward any one brand or anything like that. It's 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 uh, totally in a general sense there to just promote saddle hunting. Um, so I, I think it's important to put that out, man.
0: Fantastic. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, and I, I bet I bet our listeners are going to hear from you again in the near future. So, I, I, not, I hope
1: so. I love coming on Southern Ground. I'm
0: not going to uh, end this as if it's the last time anybody's going to hear from you. So, we will talk to you next time, buddy. All right, per- podcast hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you have not been to Saddlepalooza at all, I really highly recommend, first off, that you get in the tree saddle. Um, Obviously, I will recommend Tethered to you because I think it's the most um, versatile, comfortable, and um, man, you just get set up so quickly with Tethered as a first-time saddle hunter. So check them out at TetheredNation.com. Thanks, Greg, for coming on the show. Make plans to attend the next Saddlepalooza, which is in 2020 think you would enjoy it even if you're not a saddle hunter yet come and enjoy the fellowship that we have with some really cool people um so yeah i hope you guys enjoy that episode as always thanks to our partners at onyx at tethered at new breed archery and at go wild check all those companies out i think you'll like what they have um yeah that's it god gave us dominion over the birds of the air the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth so remember to go out and exercise that dominion we'll talk to you next time